Welcome to The Lawyerist Podcast, a series of discussions with entrepreneurs and innovators about building a successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. Lawyerist supports attorneys building client-centered and future-oriented law firms through community, content, and coaching, both online and through The Lawyerist Lab. And now, here are the co-authors of The Small Firm Roadmap and your podcast hosts. Hi, I'm Jennifer Wiggum. And I'm Stephanie Everett. And this is episode 365 of the Lawyers Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Today, I'm talking with our lab business coach, Ryan McKean, on why client reviews are so important for your business. Today's podcast is brought to you by Postali and Posh Virtual Receptionists. We wouldn't be able to do this show without their support. So stay tuned. We'll tell you a little bit more about them later on. Stephanie, so we're in the new year, and I feel like we keep saying that over and over again. <laughs> like. It just keeps being surprising, apparently. But I know I've been talking with a lot of relapsers, and they this is the time of year they consider new technology. So they're thinking about buying new goods or software or products. They're just in the mindset of getting something new. Is that what you're hearing from your labsters too? Yeah, a little bit. And where I always push back is just to remind them and ask them, you know, what problem are you trying to solve? So we don't want you out there just buying tech for tech's sake, but if there's something that you're trying to solve, if there's a problem, you're trying to make something go faster or better in your law firm, then obviously now is a good time to sort of evaluate what kind of technology you're using, or even it could even be beyond like technology. Maybe you're trying to outsource, maybe you're ready to bring someone on and delegate some part of your business to a company that could help you. So I guess I kind of broaden it into new products, new goods and services, whatever it is you need. New stuff. Yeah. And I think you make a very good point that sometimes we want shiny new things in the new year and we want them now, but this is not the place to just impulsively buy something or hire somebody or do something like that. Even if you want the shiny new thing, you know, you want to make a plan first. Yeah. And I guess But I'm really excited to share these resources have existed on our website for a while, but just at the new year, we launched a whole new portion of our website, lawyerist.com. So I hope that our listeners have been there and checked it out before. But even if you haven't, now's a great time because you'll see some new stuff. And so when you go to the website now, you can go to product reviews. And if you're in the market for anything technology, services. This is a great place to start. We've spent a lot of time helping you figure out, you know, what you should be looking for, what types of features are available for all the different products, what questions you should be asking. And then we have all of the top service providers on the site there for you with our reviews, with demo videos, with pros and cons of using each review, with user reviews. So there is just so much information. So if you're in the market for anything, the best advice I can give you is start at lawyerist.com as where you go first to help you kind of do that research and then maybe pick a few that you want to test out or do demos with. 
and you can link to their services right from our site. And some of them even give a discount if you're a lawyerist. I'm Ryan listener, McKean. User. I'm a coach yeah. at Lawyer It looks Club, really nice too. I, I know CEO whenever I'm trying to get something new, just Googling will be hey, half the battle for me. Show. And sometimes I'll just get overwhelmed with you today. Just gently close my about browser something and go take I know a nap or something. So it's really nice. It's all in one place and there's videos and there's all these reviews. It's everything that you want. Can't wait to share what I know. I think everybody should check it out. So like, yeah, let's kick it off. Of it. So if you're in the I market for something I work new with this you, year, make sure the you number go to Google and then click on your product reviews to is get one of your company's top three and now we have KPIs that you Ryan. track every day. And I'm curious, like, why did you pick that? Why is it so important? It's important because it's proof of concept in a way, because our five-star reviews are legitimate five-star reviews, which means that we have done the work for the clients from the moment they call us to after, not even when we close their case, after we have closed their case. We have done good work for them. We have treated them with respect. And hopefully we have left them better than they were before they found us. And they are not only willing to see that, they are willing to share that with the world. And that is such an important core value of our business, client service customer service, making sure that we're doing things right, making sure that we're doing great work and that we are turning people who call us, who find us online into fans who are then going to refer their friends and their family to our firm. Yeah. I'm also curious, even a little bit more like tactically, because I know a lot of firms focus on SEO and online marketing And I'm wondering if you have found that having a specific number of reviews or having ongoing number of reviews coming in impacts your online presence. No question. I'm in the personal injury space. And the personal injury space is not only the most competitive field in legal, it may be one of the most competitive fields in all of marketing, in all of SEO, in terms of expense and difficulty and competition for cases. And what people often say to me is, you know, well, reviews are really hard to get. And I say, thank God, because the fact that they're hard to get makes it hard for my competitors to throw money at that problem. Mm. You can always throw more money at SEO. You can always spend more on AdWords. You can always buy more billboards, put yourself up on TV more. The barrier there is, is financial. The barrier to reviews is legitimately doing good work and getting people to promote you. And Google understands this. So when we're looking to compete on search, yes, the number of reviews that we have, the quality of the reviews, not just the number, what people are saying about us. When I talk to people at intake, that is the number one thing that they cite as to why they chose us amongst our competitors. Yeah. In that sense, because I know we both just specifically mentioned Google, does it matter where people post reviews? Like, is it preferred that they're on Google? Are there other sites that also matter in the world? Google to me is like 98% of the game. So yes, I mean, the answer to your question is technically yes. Like, I mean, if somebody can't, for whatever reason, leave a Google review, is a Facebook review better than nothing? Yes. Is a Yelp review better than nothing? Yes. I mean, Yelp can be actually important because Apple uses Yelp to search and make recommendations, uh, which is kind of weird. And Yelp isn't all that 
it's not super competitive in the legal space. So if you ask, you know, hey, I'm not even going to say the Apple automation assistant because it's going to, <laughs> going to mess up this podcast recording. Can you find me a lawyer who does this in this location? That automation assistant is going to go out and search Yelp. So that can be important or, you know, services like lawyers.com or Avo to a lesser degree. And again, Google reads all of these sort of quality signals as well. So it's not like anything is lost. But if you told me, like, you could pick one of these buckets, it's Google all day, every day. Okay, that's helpful. What is your process for getting reviews? Because my understanding is you take a very intentional process and you've built in systems to make sure that you guys are getting these reviews at the end of the case. So what what does that actually look like? The very first step in this, Stephanie, is to, first of all, let your clients know when they, when they onboard you that we are going to be surveying them throughout and that their feedback matters. And, you know, to the extent that it's good or bad, if it's good, we're going to share it with our team. If it's something that you think we're, we should be doing that we're not, we are going to then, you know, try to improve and use that as an opportunity to improve. And we value that communication. So I think it, I think it really starts, you know, right there. And then when, you know, as you're getting this feedback from clients and they're saying like, you guys are everything that you, that I, that I hoped you would be right. Like that is somebody who is warm to giving you a good review because you are what they had bought or what they had hoped that they were buying. And so we're, we're intentional at monitoring net promoter score throughout the course of our representation and then identifying people who really think that we're doing well for them. Got it. I think it's important though, like you mentioned, and for firms to think about, like you set this up right at the start. Like it's not something you wait till after the case. I mean, you're waiting till after the case is closed to maybe ask for that review, but you're priming the pump way earlier in the process and actually talking about it during the onboarding process. And I would imagine if they said to you, yeah, we found you through Google reviews, that'd be an opportunity to be like, that's great. And keep that in mind when we ask you to do one at the end of this, because we want to help other people find us too. That's exactly what we do. That's exactly what we do, you know, before, after, and during the representation, we absolutely say that to our clients. And so I guess let's just be clear. You don't ask for the review until the case is done. Is that right? No, nope. This is, I think, a mistake that a lot of, uh, lot of law firms make. Sometimes we have a really great intake with somebody or a really great consult, okay? And maybe they're not a fit for us, but we have given them something. We will ask those people, you know, they'll say, thank you so much. If I ever need anything, if I ever need a car accident lawyer, I'm going to keep you in mind. And we will say to them at that point, you know, you found us online, could you leave us a review? Sure, right? And those can be some really fantastic reviews. Or if in the middle of our representation, like they're raving about us, you know, strike while the iron's hot. Ask them then. We will ask them throughout because one of the things that I think firms underestimate is speed. A review today is worth way more than a review that from the same person that you get two years from now. That's two years that you're deprived of that testimonial, that benefit, that Google authority. So we ask whenever we can. Yeah, I love that. And the fact that people can review different parts of the experience. Hey, I just hired Ryan and wow, 
I thought this was going to be really scary and intimidating. And instead they've made the first part of this process super easy. And it has nothing to do with the result that you've gotten. It's how they've been treated and what their experience has been at that point in time. Exactly. And this is, this is an opportunity. And, you know, a lot of firms say, you know, Ryan, you guys have a lot of reviews and how do you go about this? Or, you know, and the problem that I identify here, Stephanie, is that firms don't ask enough people. You know, it takes us as much work and as much effort to get a review as it does any lawyer out there. And at some point, it's just a numbers game. There are certain numbers of people who will never leave a review, certain number of people who will leave a review, and a certain number of people who need to be followed up four and five or however many times it takes to leave that review. I have a friend who wanted to build a firm up to 500 Google reviews, and all he did was he made a commitment to asking two people a day, every day, seven days a week for a year. And he quickly built his firm to 500 reviews. He just asked enough people. Yeah. Now, okay, so let's tackle something that I see online a lot because I'm in I'm in different Facebook groups that some are comprised of lawyers and I will see people go like, hey, everybody, I'm trying to build up my Google reviews for my law firm. Here's the link. Will you guys all go give me a review? And who they are asking is other lawyers from across the country who do not know them at all. So I'd love for you to address this because I don't know, it sort of irks me. And so, but you can tell me if I'm wrong, but what, what would you say to that kind of tactic or what they're doing? There are no shortcuts in life. And that is garbage because not only will Google identify that very quickly and potentially shut down your Google My Business thing, it's inauthentic when a client looks at these reviews and says like, oh, I heard that this person is a good lawyer and here's a five-star review or it is empty. Like people out there who are actually reading the reviews and taking a time, like these are a little bit more sophisticated consumers and they're, they're going to see that, like who you are, like you scream who you are. And so all of a sudden on one day and say Google doesn't ding it, say Google doesn't catch it. And you're like trying to figure out something and they have 25 star reviews and they're all left on one day and they're all these vagaries. Like you're going to think like that's dishonest. And I think it's counterproductive and also in violation of Google's review guidelines, which could end up getting you penalized. So as we look at our online presence, we're very purposeful in doing it right. Like we're very white hat with it because we think that that's most effective. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that brings up an interesting point, though. Are there rules or guidelines First, let's take it from Google's perspective, but then also maybe even ethical bar association type rules or bar, you know what I'm trying to say, ethical rules for lawyers that we need to be aware of when asking for reviews and getting reviews. Yeah, I mean, Google puts out what their review guidelines are, and I encourage anybody listening to this to go and Google that and check out what those may be because they do change from time to time. Right. But sort of the big foul here is like you cannot pay for reviews (laughs) like that is a no, no. And I I believe that violates like federal trade commission stuff that could, could get you in some more legal trouble. So you cannot pay people for reviews. And ethically, I don't believe that there are a lot of opinions on this nationally. I think I've seen some, but they basically say like, you know, one of the lawyers obligations and advertising, according to the rules of professional ethics, is that they're that they're honest. 
in their communication. I, I can't claim to have experience that I don't have. I can't claim to be something that I am not, which is really kind of basic. And so when you are <laughs> getting fake reviews, I mean, I, I think you are certainly acting not to the letter or spirit of what many states have adopted as the rules of professional ethics. Yeah, for sure. All right, we got to take a quick break, hear from our sponsors, and uh, we come back, I'm going to dig into a few more logistics. The Lawyer's Podcast is brought to you by Posh Virtual Receptionists. As an attorney, do you ever wish you could be in two places at once? You could take a call while you're in court, capture a lead during a meeting, or schedule an appointment with a client while you're elbow deep in an important case? Well, that's where Posh comes in. Posh is a team of professional, U.S.-based, live virtual receptionists who are available 24-7, 365. They answer and transfer your calls so you never miss an opportunity. With Posh handling your calls, you can devote more time to billable hours and building your law firm. And the convenient Posh app puts you in total control of when your receptionist steps in. So if you can't answer, Posh can. And if you've got it, Posh is always just a tap away. With Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Even better, Posh is extending a special offer to lawyerist listeners. Visit posh.com forward slash lawyerist to learn more and start your free trial of Posh Live Virtual Receptionist Services. That's posh.com forward slash lawyerist. And from Postali. Finding a marketing partner for your firm can be challenging. Are you getting sound advice? Is your marketing agency always working in your best interest? You shouldn't have to worry about these things. At Postali, they believe marketing companies should adopt the same duty to their clients that is required in the legal profession. For this reason, they require that all team members sign a fiduciary oath to act in good faith and put clients' best interests ahead of their own. They service with care, candor, and loyalty. Postali is a full-service digital marketing agency exclusively for lawyers. To learn more about how they're different, visit postali.com forward slash lawyerist. Okay, Ryan, we're back. We're talking about reviews, which are, I mean, as I think about it, like, I mean, we kind of said this at the top, but reviews are just becoming more and more important as business owners. I mean, I know there's lawyers out there that think, oh, I can just ignore this or I don't need to put a lot of effort there. And I always say to them, when's the last time you purchased like a major appliance without looking at reviews? (laughs) Like I stand, sometimes I stand in like the Home Depot aisle and I'm looking at two different products on my phone and I'm looking at reviews. So I think it's just becoming more and more a part of, of our purchasing process, quite frankly. And then that bleeds over into professional services too. You are hundred percent correct. My big thesis on all of this is that consumer experience is shaped by Amazon, very specifically Amazon, because it's, it's ubiquitous and it's universal. And Amazon also has it figured out to a science what consumers want to know, right? And so if you're trying to say, buy a frying pan and, you know, one frying pan has two reviews and maybe they're five-star reviews. Maybe it's a great frying pan. And then there's another one that has a 4.9 rating and 30,000 reviews, consumer behavior, you're you're just going to probably opt for the 30,000 review frying pan, even if it's the same price point. And so so I think with lawyers, like it is no different, like the quality and quantity of your reviews absolutely matter. It is what consumers expect. It is what they deal with on Amazon. They order, I mean, most people order a lot more from Amazon than they ever hire a lawyer. And so that's your competition. 
in the market space. And I don't see that changing. I mean, maybe if someday Amazon drops reviews, like they probably won't matter as much to lawyers. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And so what do you guys do when you ask for the reviews? Are you sending people a link? Are you sending them, you know, a specific email request or or what do you guys do? You have to make it as easy as possible for them. And that is 100% link through SMS, link through text messaging. That is the fastest and easiest barrier for them to leave the review with a few lines of instructions and with also telling them that this will only take 30 seconds of their time because that's all it should take. So it's easy, it's quick, you've committed to helping and you're sending the review link almost as you're asking them. And, you know, I sometimes will say, thank you so much. And, you know, when you send that, it, I want you to know it comes through as a message in my team's communication hub and they're going to see it. And it's going to mean a lot to the team of people who have been working on your case. They're going to see it too. And I'll be waiting for it. I'll be watching for this to happen because it's, it's really, it's really important. Like that sort of gives them the incentive to leave that review and to do it quickly. Yeah. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. All right. There's people out there who do criminal defense, who represent people in divorces. There's probably others kind of sensitive areas. And I've often heard like, well, nobody wants to leave a review and admit, you know, online that they got arrested or they got a DUI. And so, you know, what do you say to those people? I mean, I don't do this kind of work, but I know at least two criminal defense lawyers who have hundreds, if not a th- hundreds, if not thousand or a thousand reviews, like across different platforms, right? And so, I think what's important, and sometimes the same is true for in the personal injury space, where people say, "I don't want to be seen as a a lawsuit person or or whatever." And you know, to that, I say, I always say to them, "I'm like, look, everything that we talk about is you know attorney-client privilege, and I don't want you to disclose like what what it is we talked about, but just you know, you can you can say like how you were treated." or, you know, any thoughts that you had on, on that process, you know, that could be valuable for somebody who may be in this position and maybe needs help. Because when you reached out to us, you needed help as well. Again, I don't have experience doing that, but in my world, that, that objection does come forward. And that's how I answer it, where I say, you don't, you don't have to mention that you were in a car accident. You don't. You can just say, like, I called, you know, I found them online. I called Attorney McKean and you know, his team jumped right on it and they helped me and I'm really grateful for their help or whatever it is. But you kind of need to explain to them that they're, that they don't have to go into detail as to what, what it is that you did for them or what it is that they did or why they needed you. Exactly. And to your point earlier, it's a little bit of a numbers game. I mean, if you do ask enough people, if you ask every single one of your criminal defense clients, some percentage of those people are going are going to be willing to go on and talk about their experience and the fact that the firm just helped them without even saying what necessarily what you know the legal help they got but just they answered my questions they were responsive they called me back they were proactive like those types of things and i suspect if if every other criminal defense attorney in your market is thinking the way you used to that reviews are hard to get and not worth getting maybe you don't have a thousand but you have 15 and everyone else has one or two, you know, you're going to stand out. So don't, don't not do it people. All right. One kind of final topic for us to hit, and that's the dreaded bad reviews. So every once in a while, I mean, we love when the people come through and give us the great reviews, but I think it's worth us 
reminding attorneys of what they need to do if they get a bad review. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's happened to me. Somebody, they thought they had a call with me on a Thursday, but they had, they had scheduled it for a Friday, like with acuity and it, like, it was all like, it was like, they had scheduled it, like there were messages, but this is like what it is that they had thought. So, I mean, the first thing is, is like, it hurts. Like, there's no question it hurts. So step away, like <laughs> take a breath. And also there's a real opportunity here in several ways. One of which is maybe they have a legitimate criticism. Maybe that there's something that you can improve. Maybe that that, you know, acuity reminding them of the appointment is not enough. Maybe you need to make a phone call, right? And also it's an opportunity, you know, when I got that one-star review, I had uh, Brittany, our client happiness person, reach out to this person and talk to them, listen to them, thank them for, you know, giving us the opportunity to be better. And they were, they were like stunned that we had actually done that because they had left negative. Like we looked through this person's review history and there was like, you know, they left like 31 star reviews across the board. And this was the first time that this had happened. Like they, that they were stunned. And we found out that the one thing this person did like was Dunkin' Donuts. And so for their time, we sent them a $10 Dunkin' Donuts gift card, just buy you a coffee. Right. And, you know, that was what we were going to do. The person did say like, oh, well, I'm sorry, I'm going to take on the review, which they never did. But that's okay too. Like I wasn't, that wasn't why we were doing that because we are who we are and we operate how we operate. And you know what? That one-star review, there's studies out there that say it makes you look more credible. How yeah. you respond to it, you know, and I think in my, my response was, you know, he gave us a one-star review at nine o'clock at night. I was like, look, I want you to know this review was left at nine o'clock at night. You can call me right now. I'm going to message you my cell phone. It's 930 and I will I will talk and I will help you. So somebody who's reading that is going to be like, they're on their game. So when you're writing that response, you're writing it to a future audience. And I, again, I don't think every, I don't think that there are that many people out there that expect every interaction with a business to be perfect. And they know that there are people out there who are very uh, harmful. Yeah. You know, who just, just are never happy. It's an opportunity. Absolutely. I mean, the best way to fight bad reviews is to have a whole bunch of good reviews, because like you said, then you kind of, as a reader of that, you sort of dismiss that those one-offs and think, well, yeah, you can't please everybody. I feel compelled to mention, because there are some written opinions about this. Please, please, lawyers do not go and respond to the review and divulge confidential information or talk trash about your clients or say, just don't, like you said, step away call us if you want to vent, vent away to a trusted person that's without disclosing confidences. But there are opinions out there. I don't have them on recall memory right now, but I have read them where lawyers have gone and just violated confidence, you know, said things like, well, yeah, you should have been found guilty because you blah, you know, and they just reveal all the, I mean, don't do it. You don't want that kind of trouble. And that's not how you want to practice it either. That's exactly right. I, I think in so many ways, like ethical rules are just really good business rules. <laughs> like, like they're almost like handed down from a prior generation of lawyers who sort of not only are they what you, you have to do, they're really what you should be doing. Exactly. Every once in a while, like I know that sometimes people run across a review and they look at it and th- it's, and they are like, I don't know this person or 
this person never hired me or, or, you know, never even called me or, you know, there's, there's really extenuating circumstances. I mean, you can try to report those reviews to the platform. It's very difficult and chances are they won't, you know, sometimes they take them down and you can be successful in that, but that's why the best, you know, that, what is it? The best defense is a good offense. I don't know if I got that sports term, right, but just get lots of good reviews, people. <laughs> It'll make up for it. Well, that's right. Like it is at some point a quantity game, but also I think with those bad reviews, like reach out to those people with empathy, like reach out to them. Like the person who left me a one-star review really thought that he had an appointment with me and I didn't call him. And mm. if you are not the person in your firm to do that, like find the person in your firm who can do that. Because I have to tell you, people who are used to you leaving one-star reviews are not used to being like, they're not used to a response to it. That's anything other than negative. So it's sort of pattern disruptive for them when you're like, I'm calling you because I saw that you left this and I apologize that this, that this happened, that, you know, and I want to get better. Can you, can you talk to me a little bit and let them be heard yeah. and you'd be amazed. You know, sometimes they will voluntarily take down the review. I wouldn't ask for that. Um, that wouldn't be the purpose of that call. But sometimes they will say, you know what? I got a little hot and I shouldn't have, and I'll take it down. So again, use it as an opportunity. Listen to your honest critics. I always think of, like, I have a list of people in my life whose criticism of me really matters. And if you're if you're not on that list of people, I'm not going to really spend more. I, mean, I try not to spend more than five minutes you know, angry or upset about that. And I think, you know, for lawyers, I think that that's an important thing to do as well with reviews. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome, awesome advice. You have given that to me and advice to me in the past, and it's a helpful reminder. And thank you. This, this was packed. We just got through so much good information. And as always, it's always fun to talk to you. Thank you so much, Stephanie. The Lawyerist podcast is produced by Bailey Tiller and edited by Ryan Croft. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discussed here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Here are your first two steps. First, if you haven't read the Small Firm Roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free at lawyerist.com book. Looking for help beyond the book? Let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to lawyerist.com community lab to schedule a 15-minute call with our community manager. The views expressed by the participants are their own and not endorsed by the Legal Talk Network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you.